Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Ark My Optics, part 2. A podcast where grown adults discuss, overanalyze and generally take a toy and media franchise originally intended for kids a little too seriously. And today we continue to talk about the Spider-Verse movies. I am your bathrobe-wearing, irresponsible, impossibly stupid co-host from another dimension, Orion Gear. And with me is my slightly less than last time, but still out of his depth and verging on unlikably cocky co-host, Virtual Dave. How you doing? I'm feeling so much better this time round. <laughs> <laughs> and starting to wonder why he signed up for this is our resident authority on all things four-coloured and marble-flavoured, the one and only Galactosh. Hola, como esta? <laughs> <laughs> right, so where were we? Ah, yes, I think we just finished talking about the plot of Across the Spider-Verse. To be continued. To be continued, only we didn't have a satisfying end to this movie. We didn't have a satisfying middle to this movie. It's all beginning. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say we've moved into the second act and stopped, pretty much, which is... Bad storytelling. Well, we'll get on to it. So anything else you'd like to bring up about it, um, we'll talk about our verdicts as well. I mean, I noticed that everyone was a lot more quippy and self-referential, and it felt more MCU-like. Yeah. People referenced things they couldn't possibly have heard, like they've watched the movie already. Like, when, um, unless, unless they're monitoring everything that's going on, like when uh, Jess Drew turns up, she kind of takes the piss out of Miguel for Gwen, who's being incredibly quippy. Uh, calling him Dark Garfield. And it's like, well, how did you know that? How did you hear that? Like, you weren't there. I guess Layla's giving her the the update because she's already said that she already called her yeah. before we asked for the backup. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, There's a lot of quippiness. Everyone's trying to out-quip each other. Um, they do a good job of it, like successfully introducing lesser-known Spider-People. I don't think that's too bad. You know, Jessica Drew, Spider-Punk. I really like Spider-Punk. I thought he was a good character. He's one of the few really good ones that I really like the addition of. I love that he wasn't pushed as like... I mean, they kind of did, but not. it wasn't heavily pushed that he was like um, going to be like getting in the way of Miles and Gwen. Mm. Like, like a arrogant person pushing him out of the way, wrapping his arms around Gwen type of thing. Like, if anything, they try and start off because there's this hints that she knows him very well and it's like, oh, you've not met Hobie yet? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're really good friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's wearing his trainers. Um, he, She left his, her jumper although, his house. Although, I do have <laughs> to point out that as a British punk, he wouldn't be wearing Converse. Just want to point that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're. Com- I made this. I don't think they're Converse. They're something else. No, they are. He calls them. Ch- he calls them Chucks. He calls them Chucks. Oh, does he? Oh, right, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. He helps Miles in a in like almost weirdly fitting in that scene where he's been told that all is just going on. He tells him earlier in the film to when he's using his powers to use his whole hand type of thing and like. How does he know that? Hand. I don't know. But it's it's nice that he, he tried to help him. Has he got electric powers too? Like, how does he know that? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, but when it was all going down, he 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 said it to him again, and to really reaffirm, like, d- do something about this, you know? Like, yeah. 
No, I like him. I kind of like that about him. I, I think I think they get his rebellious attitude across really well, and I like the guy playing him. I think he's a good character. He's like I say, I really liked him, um, and I like I like Spider Man India as well. Um, and then the other ones just got less screen time because there's so much going on in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get like Jessica Drew is like really underused. Mm. I'm not even sure why she's there. I felt like something was more was going to happen with her because they. They make a big thing about her being pregnant at the start, mm. and they don't know if it's a boy or a girl. But but it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't. It doesn't. It, I mean, it's not even mentioned that she's still pregnant later. I don't know if she's had the baby or not. I couldn't really tell. Um, well, you know what it is, don't you? This this movie uh, is not only the connective tissue between the first movie and the last movie. It's also a backdoor pilot for the Spider Woman. M- TV show they're going to do, or movie, where it's all female. Oh yes, yes, I did hear about this. Yes, that's the thing though. There's 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 lots of stuff like we're just setting things up for the next movie or the the next product, and that's like exactly what the first movie didn't do. And it feels a little bit yeah, kind of. There's quite a lot of product placement in this as well. Yeah, like yeah, you see, I think the guy that he lives with, uh, Miles lives with, is playing the computer game. He's playing the new Spider-Man 2 game that's not out yet, but he's playing his Miles Precisely. <laughs> There's lots lots of this kind of going on. Uh, and because you've got all of these millions of Spider-Man, you could do toys of those. We're all going to be doing them. So it's, yeah. Like, I mean, they bought out a, a cyborg Spider-Woman toy that's barely in the movie. I, I thought that... There's loads of them that have this issue. They're, they've got... Funko pops with them, all sorts of business, and you would think they play more of a role in the film. I mean, but yeah, mm. I think she even speaks. I think there's a, you know, like the misgendering of thinking that this is not a man, no, I'm a woman, or some any anything. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know, would you? <laughs> Nothing. And yeah, the the meta jokes get a bit tiresome. There's a bit too much of that in this one. Endless Easter eggs and oh look it's that Spider-Man from that well-known show movie or comic <laughs> it's very like I said about the kind of quippiness it's again it's that MCU thing that they do where they go look at us we're in a movie can't we just keep this reality one thing rather than referencing all the other things like there's too much there's references to the live action stuff I could have done without that didn't need live action didn't need live action Danny Glover Dan- is it Danny Glover not Danny Glover um Donald. Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Donald Glover is is the Prowler from, um, I suppose, Amazing Spider-Man universe or whatever. No, Homecoming. 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 I thought he he was being set up to play the Shocker in that one. but Me too. Me too. But I suppose he could be the Prowler as well. He is called Aaron Davies, though, so in in that movie. So I suppose it makes sense. Mm. But yeah, that that stuff, like... I just thought this universe was an animated universe and the, all realities were animated. To stick the live action stuff in, it just seems a bit unnecessary. I don't mind it, but it kind of annoyed me. I didn't need it. I think I, I, think I especially, if you're gonna, especially if you're going to reference um, Captain Stacy's death in Amazing Spider-Man, don't make it a death that doesn't fit the description of how he should die. That's just that's <laughs> stupid. I prefer the MCU uncle to the when Spock goes into the Venom movies 
and goes to the shopkeeper. That's fine. I quite get some chewing I quite gum. like that as a as an <laughs> Easter egg, but don't don't <laughs> over. That was fine. Yeah, just don't bang us over the head with it endlessly. <laughs> like like cameos too far. Mm. Like, did anyone else notice that Alfred Molina's Doc Ock says "Hello, Peter" to him? I didn't know. So that either means they've got him locked up there, or they've completely just put him in part of the chase. I mean, they reference um, <laughs> the MCU universe, saying, "Oh, don't get me started on uh, this this universe and Doctor Strange and so on," talking about the multiverse business that was going on in that movie. So yeah, I mean that, that it, everything happened. It, all realities are possible now. It's not. It's no longer its own thing. It's now part of the massive canvas of Sony products. They're all linked. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, ah, that, not great. But I mean, to be honest, my biggest issue is the pacing and the fact that it doesn't end. It felt yeah. simultaneously decompressed and overstuffed. Yeah. It had the, the the same problem as the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Too little stuff put in too big a space. Mm. Yeah, like too too little butter spread over too much bread. Uh, mm-hmm. Back to that. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's not got enough plot to warrant two films mm-hmm. because what it does doesn't constitute anything to go with a three act problem. You should have three acts in a story. Yeah, a beginning, which this film has, <laughs> a middle, and an end. Now the last two are missing. Mm-hmm. We just about start in the middle. Yeah. Uh, so does that mean that the the second film is going to be a middle and an end and have no beginning? Yeah. Although I reckon it will have a beginning, but it will be just kind of like recapping. It will be a recap. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It will be like, oh, these this previously on Spider Man. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't make it a good act. It's not a good structured film. No. Dave, you mentioned that your introduction to this stuff is through computer games. And I know you don't have such a problem mm-hmm. with the pacing and through, and the, the way it ends as we do. But I think that's yeah. because this plays out like a computer game. Fair point. Um... It goes it goes from one to a hundred, then back to, back to one again, then back to a hundred. It's like being on a roller coaster. And... It often slows down to set up next movie stuff or spin-off stuff. And it's like you're watching the cutscenes. And then when we have the action bits, this is the bit where you're playing the game. Uh, yes. Yes. Because Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions and Spider-Man Edge of Time, two games, um, which kind of introduce that type of Spider-Verse idea because the writer of... The Spider-Verse story wrote Shattered Dimensions, mm-hmm. where they bring in all these different spider As in the writer, or the comic book writer, or the writer of... The comic book writer. So, Dan Slott. Dan Slott wrote the story for the game. Mm. And then he embellished that when he eventually did this comic book story. And the same with Edge of Time, the writer for Spider-Man 2099, whose name escapes me. I don't know, off the top of my head. Also wrote that. Yeah. The writer and co-creator of Spider-Man 2099, Peter David, did indeed write the story for Spider-Man Edge of Time, which was the sequel to the Dan Slott penned Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. Who knew? Well, I guess David. did. So it was very much like it's... Like you were saying to me, like, what's the connection between the games? Like, yes, if you play those games, 
you would be used to how this plays out. Mm-hmm. And it does it does feel like that. Yeah. You're saying perhaps we're too old for this. Yeah. And uh, kid. No, no, no. The kids I, are today and their uh, <laughs> uh, attention span mm-hmm. is this is more aimed at people who have got more fewer years on the clock than me and Orion. I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, I, I did actually write this down. I said, like, who is this for? Like, because it doesn't seem for people who respect the general structure of a movie. It's, I think it's for a younger generation, but it's not for kids. Like the first movie, definitely you can put, show a kid that and they'll like it. They'll enjoy it. I don't think a kid's going to find this very entertaining. They're going to find it confusing. I, when I went to the, when I went to the theater to watch it, there was like a family behind mm-hmm. me. And if I had to guess, the kids were like anywhere between eight and 13 or something. And the, the genuine outrage. That it ended the way it did, mm. like, oh my god, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, <laughs> how I felt yelling to his mum when we're going to watch the next one. <laughs> it's exactly how I, I walked out of the cinema feeling completely underwhelmed. Yeah, disappointed, shortchanged. I was bored and then underwhelmed, mm-hmm. and that was my whole thought process. I was, I spent an hour and ten minutes going, "Is this film going to start?" <laughs> and then I spent an hour and ten minutes going, how how long is this film? It must be four hours because we're not even out the first act yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it ends just as something happens. Yeah, they they don't appear to have made any effort to make it work as a movie on its yeah. own. It's like it just ended. It's like they went, damn it, we're not going to get this out on time. Where are we? Just finish it there. Yeah, that'll do. We'll cut here. Yeah. Uh, and we'll we'll continue this in a couple of years because it's meant to be out in March, but it ain't coming out in March. It's meant to come out in twenty twenty six now or twenty. I don't know if anyone said that. I guess if we push back, I'm not wait. I might not even be alive by twenty twenty six. Yeah, we're getting a bit old for this now. You know. Yeah. It just it just doesn't for me doesn't have a satisfying ending. No. Uh, the director, Kemp Powers, who is one of the new directors, said in an interview in 2023, so this year, um, that the film would end on a cliffhanger. And uh, co-director Dos Santos compared it to Star- the Star Wars original trilogy film, The Empire Strikes Back, which I would argue actually does have a beginning, a middle and an end. It does have a middle, it does have a middle beginning and end and doesn't end on a cliffhanger. No. Ends on a bummer. Mm-hmm. Doesn't end on a cliffhanger. No, I mean, I suppose you could describe it as, oh, what's going to happen next as a cliffhanger. But is that a cliffhanger? That's not not in traditional sense, is it? It ends as a middle act should. Yeah. It's a three-act film that is also a middle act. Mm-hmm. It's not... Is that the one where Luke loses an arm? Well, hand. Yeah. A hand. Hand. Yes, it is the one where Luke loses a, loses a hand and gets a new hand at the end. Yeah. I'm just trying to think what happens at the end of that film. Like, okay, yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, okay. Lando puts on Han's clothes and said, we'll, "We'll we'll find him. Don't worry." Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. then Han, and then <laughs> Luke using his new hand touches up his sister. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He doesn't know yeah, it's yeah. his sister yet, though. No. <laughs> they did cop off at the beginning of the film. To be fair. Yeah. But yeah. Um. So this is a direct quote from Powers: "Across the Spider Verse is a movie on its own." No. But it definitely ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. 
No. I think it's a good cliffhanger. It's not a cliffhanger. <laughs> no, I don't think it is either. We hope that it's a satisfying tee-up for what's coming in the third film. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tee-up, yeah. Because we want people to be excited about what's coming next. Well, I'm not. Not disappointed about what they've just seen. Yeah, exactly. I suppose it's one way. It's two ways of looking at it. <laughs> and it helps that we know going into this that it was going to be a part two of a three-part story. No, it's not. It's part one of a two-part story. But they started it and then made it two parts. Anyway. Yeah, so that's not true at all. Uh, since you already know that the third story is guaranteed, you can tackle this one a bit differently. That being said, there's a lot of key characters in this film and there's a story in this film that has an arc of its own that we needed to be complete. But it's not. Where's the arc? Who's got an arc? Mm. I assume they're talking about Miles or maybe Gwen? Gwen might vaguely have an arc. They sort of... Yeah, they sort of have an arc. I think, yeah, probably Gwen. But, like, no, I don't think anything is... Yeah, Gwen more than anybody, I think. But not Miles, really. Miles is kind of in the same situation at the end of the movie he was in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. He's not really gone on any kind of journey. I guess he's he's um had he's had a throughout the film he's had people telling him you know there's great expectations from his parents and stuff and the story that people are writing for him about what you should do and like that whole conversation with him and his um it's not a teacher whoever's helping him get into this university and that whole yeah. that whole conversation about him and who he should be. And then when she's talking to him, she like constructs like a whole thing about how he should be, and yeah, but no one. And then it's all this thing about how p- people are telling him that he's the anomaly from Miguel. Like, it... it would work if people bought into it, but they don't. Like her parent, his parents don't buy into it. They're already saying, yeah. "Go, go, do what you need to do. We trust you." His mother has a has a really long conversation with her about yes, it. Yes, his mum does. Yeah. With great expectations comes great mediocrity. <laughs> I say I think I've wrote something similar, um, which I'll probably get onto in a bit. But um, I mean, okay, so that side, Dave, here's your chance to tell us why it's good. Convince me. <laughs> um, I, well, I, I, I enjoyed the film. I. That's it. I'm done. Loved. I <laughs> convinced. See you later. <laughs> I, I love the the visuals. I thought that the animation not only, you know, was stepped up in this film. Like there was so much more because we go to different universes and we get to see um, different styles of animations while we're there. Sort of just being locked to the character in one universe. I did like that. I did like the mm-hmm. the transition. From the different universes, I like the aesthetics of the designs of the characters. Some have been tweaked, some have been changed, some have been given cold new looks. But I thought across the board, most of them look pretty good. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think any of us would disagree that the animation is is top draw and like no, it's beautiful. It's still mm. beautiful. It's it's an imp- an improvement on the first movie. Yeah, visually, yeah. and that's that's a hard act to follow. Yes, <laughs> I I enjoyed the uh, the action sequences. I liked that coming from like 
seeing Miles being so unsure about himself and what he can do and his abilities, there was this borderline cockiness of that. He was so sure that he mm. could do things and he could, like his fight with the spot at the start, like you can really tell as the fight goes along, like he's learning that I can't hit him, I can't rev him up, I can't do this and that. But even if I do go through the portal and pull something through or I tackle him by going some other way, like I just like the little bits about how they set up the fights and how they use spots abilities to make cool action sequences. Yeah, all that works really well. All all of, all of that I mean this is I'm a sucker for that type of thing. It draws me in. Like I love that type of stuff about these films. Yeah. I mean that's it's 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 a visual spectacle, absolutely. Like there's no denying that. Like it looks amazing and some of the best animation I've seen ever in places it's fantastic what they've done and how they managed to tie all those different characters together and the way that spider-punk is animated is fantastic yeah oh yeah it's it's really good visually (laughs) but i can't just let it off because of that you know no starting a substance Mm. no i think one even one of the things i thought was a bit uh more quantity than quality type of thing was the the Spider Society bit um, of seeing all these different Spider-Men in one room or multiple rooms uh, mm. from different comic books or... Realities. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, where they these characters are coming from. Because some of them get, like, like, a little bubble that says who they are or where they're from. Yeah. Or some of them don't. And I feel like if they had less in those scenes... It might have it might have worked better because there's just there's like a point where there's just too many people. Mm. Too I many totally agree. People. Totally agree. And it kind of you can almost tell that some of them are almost like palette swaps mm. or something like almost like in a video like in a video game where there's just like there's the background characters but they don't matter because they're the background characters. But a lot of the background characters aren't characters. They're literally Spider Men from individual issues, like mm. the armored yeah. Spider Man's in there. Yeah, um, and it's not multiple reality Spider-Man. It's just different looks. So maybe that's why you like it. It's different costumes. <laughs> but it, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it is multiple versions of the same Spider-Man. Yeah, some 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 cases it is. I mean, there's a lot of Spider people who have really curvy anatomies, shall I say? That I don't know where that origin is from. Um, but that, there's a lot of them. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and and some of them, some of them don't le- look fully realised. They, they, like you say, they they, they yeah. seem like just kind of, oh, this is a basic spider shape. Uh, you know, they've got the eyes, they've got the you know the webbing on their costume or whatever. That's and that'll be enough. Yeah. Whereas if they did narrow it down, if if the spider society was what Gwen originally claims it is, which is like a a kind of crack team of of spider people that go about fixing things and that and it's actually you know the the entry entry to this spider society is actually quite difficult yes which turns out no anyone anyone can join everyone has even a even peter parked car is there <laughs> like you know like it's it, and there's a there's a tyrannosaurus rex and a cat and it's like everything so it's it's too much in places. Yeah, it feels it, it really pushes that thing as well of like why 
is Miguel so against Miles because he seems to be giving his watches out to everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, even Mayday's got a day pass. You know, what... <laughs> well, his excuse is that, spy, that that Miles is an anomaly. No, he just hates other Hispanics. <laughs> he was the only one that Miles comes from. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to feel special. No, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, this. I feel like that that bit of the film, like I mean, it would have been cool for like a, like say the fight, the the chasing where they all mm-hmm. go after him in in the film. Like maybe there's room rooms of other Spider Man that came out, or like he calls in for them to teleport in or something. I think maybe okay, that would have been fine. Like he puts out the announcement, everyone. Mm-hmm. Chase Spider Man, whatever they all teleporting in to catch him. Yeah, instead of them just all being there, just hanging out, mm. <laughs> it felt weird. And it, I, that's one thing about the film I didn't like. That was too much. And that's coming from someone who loves seeing all the different Spider Man suits. So that's. I don't have a problem with seeing it. I just think there was too much of it, and it was too too often, and it was yeah, it was overkill. Yeah, and it was very, you know. Oh look, it's that one. Oh look, it's that one. Oh look, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh yeah, but where's the plot? <laughs> where's the story? <laughs> uh, I need that too. Don't worry, spectacular Spider-Man's there. Don't worry. <laughs> it's like they were having an excuse to have a checklist for kids to buy toys. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you would think that, but mm, not really. <laughs> well, toys, comics, merchandise, whatever. You know, like. It's gonna. It's it definitely there to generate that kind of stuff. I mean, you've got and it, like I said, it's there to generate hype for the next movie and this and the spin-offs that might happen, rather than being a thing on its own, which yeah. is a problem. It's like the first four episodes of a TV series, mm. and then they're going. Mm. You can't watch the rest of the series for another year at least. Yeah. Um. Sorry. My objects. Okay, so shall we give it a rating based on our our Spider-Man choices? How about that? <laughs> Dave, are you ready for this one? Yeah, go on then. Yeah, yeah. Right, let's hear yours. No, I'll go last. I'll go last. Okay. I want to. I want to hear yours. Yeah, yeah. You won't be able to follow mine, so you better not go last. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll go first then. I was trying to think of a Spider-Man who looks cool, but there's nothing there under the surface. Oh, <laughs> It's all style, no content. Now, I think that might be a little harsh because it ha- there is there is stuff to this movie that is good. There is some good storytelling in here. It's just, it's too few and far between and it doesn't seem, it's not cohesive enough. So I've gone with Miguel O'Hara, a.k.a. Spider-Man 2099. Because <laughs> he's a total edgelord. <laughs> He's 50% spider DNA, 50% super genius, and 100% cool as fuck. But he's overly contrived, and he ha- he's less than the full package. He's less than the full package of the character that he's a sequel to. You know? He doesn't add up to as good as the original Spider-Man. And this doesn't add up to as good as the original Spider-Verse movie. It's, it's just... The movie is... You know, it's it's... It's, it looks amazing. It's well written in places. It has compelling characters, but it doesn't like live up to um, the movie it follows. Um, it's less pay- less well paced. Has quite a few big plot holes. It's occasionally embarrassingly referential. 
to other Spider-Man things. It, yeah, it just doesn't quite hit the spot that first movie did. And and you just because you want to tell a big story and you want to make it a two-parter, you can do both. You can still make it a complete story. P- movies have done this in the past. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back does. Um, uh, Back to the Future Two does. Like it's those are movies you can watch on their own and not be like, now I need to see the next one, otherwise I don't get my resolution. Mm-hmm. So that's my problem with it. I think it looks great. It's got lots of stuff going on, but it just has. It just doesn't live up to the previous one. How about you, Galactosh? Because I know Dave wants to go last, even if he's probably ill advised. Uh, I'm going to go with the Amazing Spider Mom. Okie doke. Uh, from uh, a 1980 issue of What If, where uh, Aunt May gets the powers of Spider Man. It sounds like a good idea, but what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> That's very concise. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's got a special dough. She's got a special dough in the comic, mm-hmm. which is basically the description of this entire film. It's just dough. Mm. Nothing's risen. It's yeah. It's there. It's As half-baked. It could have come something. It's nothing. Uh, and, yeah, so uh, the amazing spider mom. Okey-doke. <laughs> Well, good, good, interesting, good choice, nice deep cut. Um, Dave, what's your feeling? Um, I would rate this um, Ultimate Spider-Man, the TV show slash cartoon, not the comic book. Mm-hmm. It's the Spider-Man series that replaced Spectacular Spider-Man. Right. Um, and I think me and you can agree, Spectacular Spider-Man was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was probably one of the better animated representations of Spider-Man in a long time. Mm-hmm. And that got cancelled to, to make Ultimate Spider-Man, and it was terrible. It did not lead up... It did not follow up in what the creators had done. I was expecting you to be more positive, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, no, no, I... Because people people like it, people like that that series, but it's it's bad, and it's bad because they've made Spider Man something different, and mm-hmm. it's not who Spider Man is. It's almost like they tried to make him Deadpool or something like it. All mm-hmm. the fourth wall breaking and too many characters being involved, very much MCU type setting up stuff, which doesn't feel like it's been shooed on into a Spider Man story. Like there's a lot of that mm. in this. And like I said, I enjoyed it, but it's like it; those glaring problems are very prevalent. <laughs> so that's why I, I rate it. Oh, good! I'm glad because when I when I first tried to explain this to you, you were very resistant to the idea that there was any that it was a flaw that this movie didn't end properly. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't like the the because uh... when you explained to me before, I thought you were talking about it more as like the. The film practice, like, just can't do this. It's like it, it doesn't make sense to not have the different plot points. And I'm like, well, does it? Oh, but well, I mean, going going through it and and listening to yeah. all the stuff that happened behind the scenes as well, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe it was onto something. <laughs> it's a structure thing, isn't it? Like, movies have a structure, and I'm not saying you can't have an unusual structure to a movie, but it's 
it's got to it's got to leave you satisfied. It's got to have you walking out the cinema going, that was a brilliant movie. That was amazing. I really enjoyed that. And yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I left yeah. going, that was half a movie and some of it was quite plodding and boring and the rest was a million miles an hour and too much was going on. And it, it doesn't have the flow the first movie had at all. Because even films like even films like Pulp Fiction, where it's got an interesting narrative and it's not got a usual structure of a film, has a resolution. Mm-hmm. It has a beginning and it has a lot of middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this has no real structure. It's got it's not got a real film structure. It's not a good film. It's a disappointment. It feels like the the studio interference was very much apparent in like how this was not I don't know. I think the writers bit off more than they could chew, made too big a story, then were like, Well we want to tell this story, but we're gonna to have to do it in a in a strange way. And they just didn't have it's either the directors or the writers or somebody just didn't really have the wherewithal to pull it all together to work. Because the story's fine. I find it interesting, but it's like we don't get enough of it. Because the, the first film was going to be a lot longer. Like, it was going to be, like, over two hours. Mm. But they cut out a lot of stuff. They reworked it, like, several times over. Most films do that, though. And it's to their credit. Cut out points, like, I mean, the guy, his roommate, Genki has like a whole the movie's gonna be a very important character in the film and he doesn't say anything in the first film. Like yeah. they cut him out significantly. Like there's like the reworking that, that film got to be shrunk down into a working film on its own. But doesn't feel like this film got that or maybe it was the other way around and they wanted it to be stretched out to have two films and The thing the problem is cutting it down I can see. Because most films will tighten up in the cut. This is a cartoon. It's yeah. not as easy as just going, well, let's just film an extra scene. They've got mm-hmm. to animate it, render it. They've got to, you've got yeah. to plan a cartoon ahead. You can make a cartoon smaller easily. You cannot make a cartoon longer easily. Yeah. Yes. And they were against the clock on it because they were already way behind the, the original release mm-hmm. date. So it does feel rushed. It feels kind of not finished. Um, it is unfinished in, in, in more than just one way. Mm-hmm. They could have done a lot more work to make it a concise movie. And that's what they did on the original one, like you're saying. They they cut it down. They took out the flab. Yeah. They went, no, that's not necessary. That doesn't need to be in here. That doesn't serve the plot. That doesn't serve the story. We can get rid of that. And we can revisit that some other time. But... In this, they just gone. They just, they just put everything in, um, and yeah, this, this, the editing isn't there. You know, that's what I feel. Like it just does. Having looked at what they were talking about in the behind the scenes and stuff, it just feels like it was. Yeah. Obviously, this change happened already while the ball was rolling, having it two parties, and then it really suffered for it. Look, I just on the plotting of what they've got, it would have felt a more. Uh, substantial and satisfying film if they'd started where it ended and then filled in how they got there mm. yeah what they had it would have felt more satisfying and less of a shit it's over why is it just mm. starting they kind of do that but not 
not at that exact point. They, it's from when Gwen's explaining that she's lost her friend and she's pissed off Miles and she's telling the story at the start. And it, oh, cause but that's just and, a recap. It's, it's, but she's too. But she's t- talking about things that happen in the film, and you see it happen, like him fighting with Miguel and all that. It all mm. happens at the beginning of the film. But yeah, I, I, I think you're right, Galactus. I think if they had done it that way round, it might have fit better for a storytelling perspective. If they topped and tailed it with where it ends, mm. started where it ended and finished where it ended, it would have felt much more like a satisfying film in its own right. Because mm. you would have felt you're working your way to something. Yeah, I, I agree. Even giving away the reveal, it would have felt much more like it's a coherent, this is how we got to where we end. Damn it, I want to see where we go next. It would have been more engaging to me. Mm. And you don't have to give away how they got there, really. You don't have to explain all, you know, you can explain the whole canon event business mid-movie. Yeah. Like, like, this stuff doesn't have to be, you can just show the fact that Miles is on the run yeah. from the spider people. And you're like, how did this happen? The canon event thing would have worked better in the second film. Mm-hmm. An explanation of why the first film happened. Yeah. And they really should have given it a bit more thought. Yes. Oh, yeah. Hell of a lot thoughtful. <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just going, if they're running with what they're doing, yeah, yeah, it would have yeah. been a better way around <laughs> to start where they finish, work their yeah. way up to it, and have it more as a chase movie. Mm-hmm. With flashbacks of how they got to where they're going, you could keep in exactly everything they've got in there, just by moving it around a bit, so it's much more an engaging structure. Who knows? Maybe they'll do a Galactosh cut, and uh... give me the scissors. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone will be going retroactively. Well, this is the the version we all were meant to see in the first place. They were just too rushed. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> Snyder cut kind of style. All right, well, seem to have finished. I think what we wanted to do, because we did this in the Batman one, we're going to run down our top 10 Spider-Man movies each. Nice, nice quick fire. I'll maybe play some uh, whole lot of love in the background. <laughs> so let's go around, starting with uh, Glactosh. What's your 10th favourite Spider-Man movie? What's number 10? Number 10, Across the Spider-Verse. Wow. Mm-hmm. By my count, there's only ten anyway, so yeah, one of them has to be bottom. Across the Spider Verse, because even Spider Man Three is better than it. Ooh, harsh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dave, what's your number ten? Um, far from home. Okie dokie. For what reason? Peter gives up those glasses way too easily. <laughs> uh, my number ten is also far from home. It's boring. It's just not good. It's trash. It's not a good movie. At least it's got three acts. It does have three acts. That's true. It, they're just all very unentertaining, very <laughs> crap ones. That's not the argument, though, because of course, isn't, no, isn't no, a no. Film. I mean, obviously, obviously, if, if if we're going to rate them based on their structure, I might put Across the Spider Verse last, <laughs> but I do prefer Across the Spider Verse too far from home. Okay, what's your number nine, Galactosh? Spider Man Three. Mm-hmm. Just because it's a bit, it's just lame. And uh, from what Raimi did for the first two, it's yeah. doesn't, doesn't meet up to it. And emo Spider-Man, I know that it's become a thing with the kids now that they're trying to give a bit of a mm-hmm. retribution to it. But for me, it's still 
even below Spider Amazing Spider-Man 2 standards. Mm -hmm. I'm giving away my next one if everyone I do. Uh, <laughs> go round. <laughs> so, Dave, what's uh, your number nine? My number nine is Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okie dokie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. Why? Um, similarities with uh, a lot of Spider-Man films over the years. Too much going on. Too many villains. Mm. Felt very less and less about Spider-Man. Too much going on. <laughs> okay. My number nine is Spider-Man 3. So I'm in agreement with Galactosh on this. It's a mess. I mean, it's Sam Raimi, so there's always something to like there. But I can't forgive the dancing. <laughs> it's terrible. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Galactosh is now miming the dancing on our uh, video feed. So, um, right, uh, Galactosh, uh, what's your number eight? I'm going to have to go Amazing Spider-Man 2. For exactly the same reasons that Dave put it in there. All right. Okay. Dave, what's your eight? Amazing um, Spider-Man 1. Okie doke. For what reason? Um, I didn't like the darker take on the Spider-Man they were doing and how much more serious in real world it was. Okay. My number eight is No Way Home. It's not a movie. Just like this one's not a movie. It's just a nostalgia fest with bratty, quippy kids designed to set up another movie or more movies. It doesn't, it, it again hasn't got a very good structure, it's not paced well. And and the only reason anyone likes it is, oh look, it's, it's Andrew Garfield, oh look, it's um, Tobey Maguire. Oh look, it's uh, William Dafoe. Like, it's not... It's not a movie. It, it's, it's, it just doesn't work as a movie. It's not as bad as Spider-Man 3, but it doesn't work as a movie. Mm -hmm. So, number seven from Galactosh. Uh, Far From Home. Mm-hmm. It's the worst of the uh, Marvel Spider-Men. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement on that. Yeah. It is uh, a convoluted plot that is literally just serving the MCU rather than Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. doesn't get it for me. Yeah, it's an MCU. It's part, whatever, 19 of the MCU yeah. ongoing story. It's not really a movie in its own. All right, Dave, what's your number seven? No Way Home. Okay, though. Uh, it's not too different to what you were saying. I guess Phil's, it's probably for like the most fan service type of um, Spider-Man live-action film you could do because it's something the internet... I've seemed to have wanted for so long to have the other Spider-Men meet the other Spider-Men in some shape or form. And it does it, but I can agree the rest of the film doesn't really hold up or the weird choices choices of suits that they got Tom Holland in and all, all that other stuff. Very weird. Yeah. Alright. No way home. And, and like what we like what we talked about with Across the Spider-Verse, the whole not explaining your rules about your multi-dimensional travelling weirdness mm. also pulls the film a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my number seven is Across the Spider-Verse. I was expecting it to come in as high as, like, in the top three. But it was such a disappointment that I can't place it any higher. Like, I want to. And maybe when we've seen Beyond the Spider-Verse, it might move up a couple of spaces but it, it's unforgivable that it, it hasn't it's not a complete movie Galactosh what's your number six The Amazing Spider-Man okie doke it's alright 
did we need another <laughs> Spider-Man uh, origin story? No. Garfield's great, but the lizard's not. Yeah. And Captain Stacy just didn't do it for me either. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we're moving into the top half of the list now, so, you know, we're getting there. So, Dave, what's your number six? Spider-Man 3. Okay. You've placed that up above? No Way Home and... Yeah. Okay. Weird. I mean, I... <laughs> I... I have uh, probably a... A bias for those movies that will never be surpassed. Like, I really enjoy the Raimi films. And I take the good and the bad to the Spider-Man 3. Like, I enjoy the film. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Uh, my number six is... Amazing Spider-Man 2. Sure, it has, you know, it does have major issues. The bad guys, for example. But the Garfield stone chemistry, it really works. And it's it's the closest we've got to a really good, accurate live-action depiction of the character of Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, So I can't... I, can't, I, that's, I, I, I have a soft spot for those movies because of that so that's why they're placing a bit higher than maybe they did in your lists okay alright uh, uh, now we're into the top five so uh, Glatosh number five Homecoming mm-hmm. it's alright it's serviceable <laughs> again it's more an Iron Man film mm-hmm. in the way that it's played out Yeah, uh, it's got some great moments mm-hmm it's got the classic recreation of a Spider-Man lifting everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Michael Keaton is great as... Uh, the Vulture. As the Vulture. But it's a top-half film. It's not... Mm-hmm. Let's say it's bad now. No, it's no. We're, I mean, let's, 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 let's be clear. Like, we like a lot of these movies. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not to say they're rubbish because they're coming in at number five. It's, you know, there's quite, it's quite a high-quality list, really. So, yeah, um, Dave, what's your number five? Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Okay, because? Uh, well, I mean, like I was saying before, like I, I think mm-hmm. I can't take away from the visuals of this film, the animation, the music, the how they've done these type of update to characters and what they've done in terms of the anim- I mean, I, I like the animation. Like, it's too, it's mm-hmm. too much to ignore, um, and that's why it falls where it is. Because yes, there are problems with this film, and I'm hoping that the sequel will help this film as well as finishing the story. So it's mm. falls a bit in the middle for me at the moment. Okay. Well, my number five is Amazing Spider-Man. It's a good setup for a new series of movies. Um, it's not perfect, but I think it's quite underrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I kind of said why I liked the Garfield Spider-Man in the last one. Galactosh, what's your number four? Uh, we are on Spider-Man. The original uh-huh. Tobey Maguire. It is what it is. It's typical Sam Raimi. It's a good film. Yeah. It is a good introduction to the character. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Dave, yours? Um, number four is, is Spider-Man 2. Ooh, okay. Um, Good. Yeah, why? <laughs> I, I mean, I, like I said, I enjoy all the Sam Raimi films, but this one I don't hold as 
high regard as everyone else does for some reason. But I really do enjoy the film. Like it's, it's definitely in my top five Spider-Man films. So well, of course it is. It's number four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's, <laughs> it's it's a re- it's a really good film. Okay. Right, yeah. My number four is Spider-Man. So in agreement with uh, with Galactosh. It's a, another good setup and at the time unprecedented and really kind of moved superhero movies into another realm when it came out. So it, it has to have that you know, kudos <laughs> because there wasn't there hadn't been anything like it. Um, and plus, William Dafoe is great. Yeah. Right, Galactos, what's your number three? No Way Home. Okie doke. I liked it being self-referential to every Spider-Man that's ever come before it. I liked the fact that it had a story I enjoyed. Fair. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, what about you, Dave? Number three. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm Mm-hmm for the reasons that Galactus stated but it's I thought it was a nice introduction to this MCU Spider-Man it really got us to understand his perspective on what's going on because MCU was pretty much well established at that point I enjoyed the villain I found his friendship with his mate alright I think it was it was a nice fun film yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a fun movie. I mean, as you notice, it hasn't come up in my list yet, so. Um, all right, so my number, we're on three, aren't we? Yeah. Yep. It is Homecoming. Not a fan of the MCU Spider-Man, but this one got across him being a teenager better than any other one has. It's a fun high school drama. You just have to ignore all the Iron Man interference. <laughs> that I don't like um, but it's a, it's a fun movie and it's a movie I've enjoyed re-watching so yeah it's cool number two from Galactosh Into the Spider-Verse okay it's beautiful it's got a story it's yeah it's got heart mm-hmm. uh, which something its sequel lacks mm-hmm. agreed yeah Dave you're number two um, Spider-Man was in Spider-Man 1 of the Raimi trilogy. Right. Uh, one of my big introductions to Spider-Man. And just for like a seeing him on the big screen type of feel, making him more like a, you know, up there with all the other superheroes that have gotten all the spotlight over the years outside of comic books. It's nice to have, that to have been the introduction. I think it's a great film. Like the characters, like the villain. Yeah. Right, cool. My number two is Into the Spider-Verse as well. I think it's a singularly great Spider-Man movie. It's close to perfect. Like, it really hits all the beats, um, looks fantastic, does a great job of setting up Miles Morales as a a character. It's great. I, I can't fault it. I just have to I have to decide which one goes number one and you know this one doesn't quite hit number one so uh, it's time for number ones Galactosh what's your number one I mean we could probably work it out 
I hope you would. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man 2. Uh-huh. Not only is it the best Spider-Man film, it's one of the best superhero films ever made. Mm-hmm. It's got perfect story. Everyone has got a redemption arc. That's not just Peter. That's also Doc Ock. Mm-hmm. It's warm. It's got heart. It's got pathos. It's got good pacing. And it's a very good Raimi film. Mm. Even by Raimi standards, it's got all of his tropes in there. Yeah. And is the best use of a Bruce Campbell in any of his Spider-Man films. <laughs> is he the waiter or the uh, the concierge? Is it that he's one? Con- he, he's uh, the usher. Oh, he's the usher, yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking of Spider-Man 3 where he's a concierge <laughs> in a French yeah. restaurant, isn't he? It's got Bruce Campbell doing some of his best work <laughs> of just like making a Peter Waite stop. Yeah, pause. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just a great film, just in general. Brilliant. So, uh, Dave, what's your number one? Oh, well, this is good and tell. Um, it's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's the best Spider-Man film. Uh, it's so... I mean, I think, I think you said it. I think it, it, it has heart. Uh, and it has, like, a... a real love for the character. And it, it goes without saying that the whole ethos of representation matters can really be felt in that film and it means a lot to a lot of people um, in like mm-hmm. a like a different way they probably wouldn't even realise and unless that film came out it's so important in that sense I think it deserves a top spot yeah like, I mean that, those are good reasons absolutely yeah I mean it my one and two were so very close, to be honest. Uh, Mine, my two and three were very close. Yeah, well, like two and three. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Um, what was three again? No Way Home. No Way Home. Okay, yeah. Well, so my number one, you will have guessed it, is Spider-Man 2. For many of the same reasons as Galactosh said... The character is spot on of Spider-Man. The character, the, the completely different characterization of Doctor Octopus is brilliant. They make you make him a sympathetic character. Alfred Molina is brilliant as Doc Ock. You have the the train scene, which is one of the single best scenes that gets across the idea of Spider-Man so perfectly, and is referenced in Into the Spider-Verse. It's that important. It's just, it's just as close to a perfect Spider-Man movie as we're ever going to get. Yeah. It just gets the character down to a T. Totally agree. Yeah. Whereas other movies struggle and even even some of Raimi's movies struggle. Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, all three of us go into much greater detail about the live-action Spider-Man movies in episode 14 of Ah, My Optics! So, if you want to hear more on that, go find it or something. Right. Well, with that done, I think we can pretty much wrap this up. I mean, we can briefly talk about the fact that we're going to get beyond the Spider-Verse. So, you know, that'll finish that off. And we talked about the fact that we've got this spin-off, apparently. Spider-Woman spin-off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, yeah, this movie, this second movie, Beyond the Spider-Verse, is delayed. Apparently, some of the um, some of the artists that worked on it have said that... Um, 
it, it's uh, it, it can't happen. The progress on the pre-production side of things is so behind where it should be. They basically st- made these two movies together until they decided to chop them in half, and then they stopped working on the second half. So it's not there. Like it's still got a lot of work to be done, and getting it done for March is going to be really hard, especially with a writer's strike oh, yeah. and an actor str- an actor strike going on. I wouldn't. I'd be. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see this till 2025. Depends how long the strike goes on for mm-hmm. this. That's yeah. why some people have said 26. Like it's just not gonna. Yeah, but th- who are those people though? I don't. <laughs> yeah, it was. I saw. I saw. Why? Why I saw with someone who who was working on the film. And you know how they were saying some people left or got acts from the animation. It was. It was one of those animators. That's what I. I heard that from. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some animators talking about it, and yeah, maybe that. Maybe he said that. But I mean, they're they're making a guess, yeah. just yeah. like anybody else, really. I guess. All right. Well, um, unless there's anything else you want to talk about, um, outro, toys. Oh, do we have to? Yeah. All right, <laughs> Dave. Uh, tell everybody about toys. I predict there will be some toys. Yeah, there are some toys. Yes, there are and will be. Toys. That's my entire input done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I remember having these discussions with you, like towards the when we started doing the podcast, really, because we were both waiting mm. for Into the Spider-Verse Mafex figures um, for the longest time. Yeah. Um, and that was still, like, two or three years after the first one that came out. And they still haven't finished everyone from that core cast. Yeah, well, that that's because they never expected it to be a hit, so, like... No. A lot of these figures come out late, anyway. Like you're still getting bloody Endgame figures coming out. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's that, but I mean, like the you could tell that this wasn't being pushed. Like all the other MCU stuff, where like the film's coming out, and within a three to four month period, there's a Marvel Legends wave or something, or there's import figures, or mm-hmm. you know, the high end hot toys or whatever. A lot of the f- stuff of the first one came out way later. And you could tell that the the people doing the merchandise were playing catch up because the MCU films were the top priority. And it's like, well, Sony's films are not going to do very well. <laughs> it's animated. <laughs> a question as a, a question as a layman about toys: mm-hmm. Would it be anything to do with the interesting rights that are going on with Spider Man these days? Mm. Um, I don't think Sony. I might be wrong. I don't think Sony own the rights to the toy lines. I think no, it's all... Marvel still own the rights, and they've sold. Yeah. yeah. And for instance, in the UK or and the US, Hasbro have the rights. Marvel are licensed yeah. to Hasbro. And then you find that in in Japan and like on the you know the kind of the international market, you've got different companies doing them. Like you've got. Mafex, like David mentioned, and now they're switching across to SH Figuarts, like that's Bandai. So, like, yeah, it's moving. And then you've got people making them who I don't know how, I don't know exactly what the rights issues are there. Like, people like Sentinel, I don't know. It's weird. There's lots of people making stuff. But yeah, the, they, they got the, at least they got the, the collector's figures out, Hasbro collector's figures out on time for the movie this time. Uh, yeah. 
So you've got them. And you've got you're gonna get, you're gonna get figures quickly this time. I liked the figures. I really did like the figures. I've sold them now, but that's because I got so sick of waiting for the new movie and also waiting for the exactly. new characters to come out. And also, the SPDR was disappointing from Sentinel. Really, quite a bad figure. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, well, that's it. If I can't have the whole team, I don't want any of them. Yeah, it's that that kind of feeling. I was like, well, if I can't have a good big robot in the background with uh, with Penny Parker, then what? Why am I buying the rest? Mm-hmm. No, I just got rid of them. But they look good. the The Figuarts ones look good. Yeah, yeah, very good. I mean, I wouldn't buy I wouldn't buy a Spider Man two thousand ninety nine if you paid me. But that's just because <laughs> I don't like the design. Never liked it. The Ninja Vampire. Mm. What is it about his design you don't like? I, what 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 is it? Is it the is it the Day of Day of the Dead thing? It's an ugly costume. Is it the cape? Mm. It's an ugly costume. It doesn't look like Spider-Man. Yeah, it looks very 90s. And you weren't there. You don't understand. I mean, I was there. <laughs> you didn't. You weren't there on the trenches. You didn't see all the pockets <laughs> and the guns and the cybernetics that everything had. Yeah. You weren't there when it was just multiple covers mm. in chromium yeah. just and launching an issue. Oh, no, that's still happening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you weren't there when they were just throwing anything that happened and seeing if it stuck. You never saw what the rest of 2099 became. They did Fantastic Four 2099. They did Incredible Hulk 2099. They did Ghost Rider 2099. He was a robot. Yeah. It yeah. Was, yeah. They, uh, it was a horrible time. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I can understand <laughs> if Orion's got PTSD <laughs> on the 90s. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely part of it. But I just never like I never liked the design. I just never thought it looked oh, good. Those arm talons. Yeah, it's just not. It's just not my Spider Man. And there's plenty of other other Spider Men that I like. I like I like the design of Spider Gwen. I like I like Miles's costumes mostly. Mm-hmm. But this one just was a step too far away from what Spider Man is to me. And I've just I even don't like the fact that he's gigantic in this new movie. <laughs> yeah. And what is it with them uh, mixing up all the names? What do you mean? Like Miguel O'Hara, Spanish Irish. Mm-hmm. Miles Morales. Yeah. yeah. It, it it's like they've gone right. Well, Stan Lee had everything with the same name, the same letters: Peter Parker, Bruce Banner. Yeah. Matt Murdoch. All right. <laughs> so we're going to take. We're just going to mix up nationalities here and mm. see what comes out. <laughs> so yeah, it also Miguel O'Hara doesn't have an alliterative name, so no, no, no thanks. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> no, I mean I, I because you brought it up several times, so I just wanted to know if there was any more going on, like like what Galactus said. Maybe it was like you read the comics or. I, I didn't really read the comics. Like the whole futuristic. I didn't read the comics. I, I, but I, but I just saw the design and thought, no, I don't think that looks yeah. right, and that put me off. But like, I just, yeah, it's not. It's just not my cup of tea. It's like, it's not right for me. Yeah, fair enough. The twenty ninety nine line was uh, a mixed bag of hot mess and fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was literally oh we found a we found an idea they shoehorn everything into it and mm. X Men twenty ninety nine and oh the only good one was Doom twenty ninety nine 
Now, if you ever want to read a great mm. comic, read that. Mm-hmm. I've not read it. Doctor so Doom in 2099. And all the way through it, you are not sure if he is Doctor Doom. He may be Doctor Doom. He might not be Doctor well, Doom. Well, I'll put that on the... But he's filling the role of Doctor Doom. I'll put that it's on the It's a fantastic list. run. There's only about 30 issues of it. Look it up. All right. Well, unless you have any more to talk about with Toys Day. Um, complete the teams, please. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what everyone wants. That, that's <laughs> the goal for everybody, isn't it? Always with toys. It's always like, I need I need the whole team, you know. I need, I need all the guys. They'll always leave one out to keep you wanting more. Yeah. yeah. They always will. <laughs> uh, or they'll pack it in with a repaint of another one that you don't really want the repaint of or whatever. Go, oh, oh, you wanted Spider-Man Noir, did you? Well, you have to buy another Gwen. Or, whatever. or you're going to have to buy yeah. six of them so you can build the figure. Yep, yes, that's that's oh, certainly God, yes. a ploy. Yes. <laughs> Which wouldn't be so bad, but they probably won't make those six the characters you want. They'll make one of them a weird one that you don't need. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, with that said, should we do it in an outro? Because we've been doing this way too long. My so there it is. Finally, we've made good on our threat to cover Spider-Verse. Was it worth the wait? Do you agree with me, Galactosh, Virtual Dave? None of us. Why not hit social media and set us straight? It's easy to find us, no point in explaining it too much. But in case you're interested, on Twitter I'm at GearOrion and on Instagram it's Orion underscore Gear. Dave, where can they go bother you? Oh, listeners, you can always find me at Instagram, uh, virtualdave26, or on Twitter. I haven't drawn any threads yet. Uh, maybe one day. But <laughs> oh, yeah, soon. yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard you've got, to, you've got to have an Instagram account to use threads, haven't you? So. Yeah. <laughs> and I can be found on most street corners, uh, just waiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, we, we all we all did that at one point. An allusion to, oh, our, yes. to, our, to, our, to our previous jobs. All right. <laughs> no, it's not what you think. <laughs> it is what you think but it is a tragic origin story I can tell you that <laughs> <laughs> well Galactosh thanks for joining us again I hope you enjoyed yourself thank you for having me no problem right as per usual if you enjoyed this as much as we did then why not express that enjoyment by liking subscribing sharing commenting and all those things we really appreciate it thank you for listening and please join us next time on Shout It Together Guys Ah, my optics! Actually, I did have a question for you. Um, you could spice it in or whatever. Um, to both of you, what color is Spider Man twenty ninety nine suit? Blue and red, dark blue and red. It's like silvery blue and red, and black. Because when I was looking this up, apparently there's a whole thing about it being black and red. No, it's blue. It, well, oh god! Oh, I see. Well, there's that, isn't there? There's the there's the, <laughs> what there's kind the of feet that... does Spider-Man have? Yeah. What exactly. colour's the base of his feet? And and oh right, <laughs> is Storm is Storm's costume white? 
with black highlights or is it black with white highlights or is it silver? It's white. Yeah, that threw me when people were saying it's silver. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree it's white. But some people actually think it's black. Well, one of them was. They all well, yeah, one of them was, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the <laughs> white one with the, with the arm wings and everything, that's white. Maybe, maybe silver, but it's certainly not black. Because what colour is he? I need a picture now. It's one shot. And I'll be out well, he's certainly to... dark blue in the movie. It's, it's dark blue and red in my head. Well, it's, it's just only because I was, I was um, looking it up and some people were talking about this and there's one comic in particular where he goes dimension hopping or something and he is in black and red and people are like, that's what he should look like. All the other shading stuff is not It's right. blue and red. I, I think you'd have to ask the people who designed him originally what they, what they were intending, but I think it's blue and red. Because Spider-Man's blue and red. Okay. Yeah, why would you make him black and red? Like Miles Morales. That's even further. That's, 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 skew, that's, that's skewing even further away. Well, yeah, but um, yeah, Miles Morales is black. I did notice that, that in the movie there was none of that blue triangle shit. It's, it's, it's there, but it's not. You don't it's see not, it. It's yeah. not there. It's, it, it may be. But yeah, some of the figures came out and he's got like patches of blue on him. And it's like, well, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I did like how everyone was taking Mick out of his costume, though. Bleeding from, oh, the, the, bleed, from, bleeding the, from the armpits, armpits and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Yeah. It's like, well, why did you redesign your outfit? Well, toys, you know, really. Um, mm-hmm. We have to have everyone's t- outfits have to be slightly different. Even Spider-Gwen's is slightly different. She's got different yeah. shoes on and her arms are a different colour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking at Spider-Man 2099 number one. He's blue and black. He's blue and red. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. It's black I mean, shading. It's, yeah, exactly. It's not black with blue shading. It's blue with black shading. Yeah. But I just wanted to. Uh, you guys are the experts on this. So I just wanted to know what. Well, to be honest, think. it doesn't really matter so long as we are all agreed <laughs> that black suit Spider-Man does not have blue feet. So long as we're no. agreed on that. <laughs> no, it's not. Then black I suit. don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. 